<laughs> We're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Probably uh, scared the neighbors. Uh, they can't hear anything in here. <laughs> right. That was our musical engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, uh, I think everybody at the Fit AF is just a tiny bit loopy today. Um, we're recording pretty late. And we all had busy days. I've had a busy week, yeah. But we're dedicated to you guys. And today we're talking about... Dedicated to Fit and protein. AF. Protein. We're talking about a nutrition topic this week. is just... Kind of a broad little thing on protein, but we're also going to get a little hyper-focused on certain aspects of it. I know I'm probably going to talk about neurotransmitters because it's one of my favorite subjects. But Well, I mean, that's an interesting thing just because I don't think a lot of people think yeah. of protein as anything other than like muscle gains. They don't realize everything it does in your body as far as oh even yeah. down to the cellular level and like how it helps the building blocks of just cells and everything else throughout your body. So. Yep. And remind me to get on that just on like a, when you're in a mm. calorie oh deficit. Dude, I'll let you get on it. Okay. Get on that protein. <laughs> um, <coughs> to talk about uh, like how it affects your brain when you're in a big calorie deficit. Because we can talk a little bit about amino acids too, which is directly related to yes. neurotransmitters. But which is what protein. Protein breaks down to, guys. Protein. In case you didn't know. Your recommended daily amount. Point. Three six grams of protein per pound. <laughs> this is an absolute joke. <sighs> oh my gosh! So when you hear something like the the uh, RDAs, the recommended daily amounts, I want you to always consider the recommended daily amounts as the minimum value I need to not be an unhealthy strain on society. <coughs> Well, also, I think that is basically what that means. Pretty important to look into. That's probably like who or someone who puts that out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. That's coming more from our own, like, internal. You know, not just mean USDA stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, the like places like the World Health Organization are going to release. If um, you look like who runs them, they're not really ran by. Well, in in their perspective, people who are in the know. Yeah, so their perspective. is public health and their idea is how do I respond to or prevent public health crisis? What they're not trying to do or what's not their goal, (coughs) which is what our goal is, is what is the optimal amount of nutrient for you? So someone like the world health organization or, um, you know, our own health and human services kind of stuff here in America is, mostly concerned with how do I prevent everyone having rickets? Well, then I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that they have, uh, you know, cause that's primarily a disease of, of lack of vitamin D. They need at least 400 IU international units of vitamin D daily to prevent rickets. <laughs> now, is that enough for an optimal, you know, cancer fighting T cell building immune system? Not, by an order <laughs> of 20, in my opinion. I mean, I take yeah. 8 to 10,000 gra- uh, grams. Wow, that'd be terrible. <laughs> 8 to 10,000 IU of that every day, especially in, in Corona world. Oh, yeah. Hashtag I 2020. I, I take a couple thousand, too. Um, and at at six to 10,000, with plenty of sunlight, with lots of, with a higher healthy cholesterol diet, 
um, dietary cholesterol, you know, decently healthy fats, my vitamin D levels measure in the high 30s and between 30 and 100. And I know we're off on a tangent, but this is a good way to explain protein. Um, 30 to 100 is the regular or it is the normal range of vitamin D. Yeah. So with all that vitamin D, I'm at the very bottom, you know, 10 from 30 to 40 of vitamin D. Oh, yeah. So that, that should tell you a lot <coughs> about these recommended daily amounts. A, they're not, uh, they certainly don't cover everybody. Everybody's needs are going to be a lot different oh, based yeah. on your body. Um, and they are primarily about preventing major public health crises. They're not about giving you the optimal or the best amount of protein or, or whatever yeah. uh, amount. I mean, I think the food pyramid hasn't been updated since like the 40s oh or 50s, God. right? Something if like that. Ever, there was a pyramid I wanted to dismantle. Wasn't it like, <laughs> it's the wasn't it, uh, it was made in like the in Ni- World War II, right? Or something no, like I believe it was 1980. Oh, it wasn't 1980. It's almost a direct ripoff from How to Fatten a Pig. <laughs> <laughs> um and surprisingly enough, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and you tell me if this surprises you, put their top cash crops at the bottom of it as the thing you should eat the most of. So I'm I'm 100% certain, Media wink, manipulation. wink with each eye, uh, Imagine. that they were definitely concerned about your health and not the, you know, farmer's economy yeah. <laughs> when they were telling you you should eat all their biggest cash crops. Um, so anyway, protein, uh, you know, you're going to hear 0.8 grams per kilogram, 0.33.36 grams per pound. I'm going to tell you right now at a minimum, at a minimum, I would double that. And that is for, (coughs) geez, I mean, I, I'm already uncomfortable just doubling it. What do you tell... I know. I was about to say, what do you what do you tell your client? Because I'll tell you what I tell my clients. Every one of my clients is eating at least a gram per pound. Okay, and I tell my clients, I don't even tell them that. I just tell them, <clears throat> I want you to eat a gram per pound of desired body weight, not even like current weight. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so like, let's say if you want to gain weight, yep. like you're gonna eat for the amount that you're gonna want to try to gain. Cause yeah. You're gonna try to support that much muscle with this much protein. Yada yada. If you're trying to lose weight, the same thing. Yeah. You're gonna take in. At least that it all depends. Like you know, I have different methods depending on how each person responds. Obviously, but yeah. So I'm gonna say <laughs> that, um, and this is a rough sort of number. The numbers turn out differently, but for each 10% in calories I take someone off, I'm adding about 0.05 grams per pound protein. Yeah, that's kind of a rough range, and there's a really good reason to do this. And this is kind of, kind of you know brings us to like the first point of why protein is is something you should prioritize on a diet and it's because it's the most satiating macronutrient you know what i mean oh yeah like it keeps you full longer takes oh, longer to digest oh yeah it, t- it keeps you full for for significantly longer time than than fat and carbohydrate and it's because it's a lot more complex it's it's a lot tougher for i don't want to say tougher it gets a bad connotation for that but because it is complex, your body will spend more time dismantling it into its component pieces that are usable for your body, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a fat molecule is, is relatively cut and dry. 
carbohydrate is relatively cut and dry. Um, you know, fat's going to depend on the carbon chains and stuff like that. Um, saturated fat versus something like an MCT oil, um, medium chain triglycerides. Can't even talk. Um, <laughs> those, uh, you know, those are going to be digested pretty quickly. But protein in general, um, barring stuff like a whey protein, it takes a while to digest. You know, it takes a little bit of time. And it actually takes a lot of work. And this oh, yeah. is... So Burns along, extra calories. Yeah. Like so that, along with being satiating, um, which is to say that you are going to have an easier time sticking to a diet that prioritizes protein because you are not going to be fighting a huge appetite all the time. You're not going to feel like you're starving. Generally, you're going to have some hunger on a, on a calorie deficit, but it's not going to be that painful, terrible hunger you get on like a... Uh, the normal calories in calories out. I'm not caring about your macronutrients sort of, you know, calorie deficit. So along with um, being like that, it's actually going to burn more calories. Like you just said, mm -hmm. I don't think people <coughs> understand there's something called the thermic effect of food. And this is kind of, this is kind of where I can take somebody at their same calories and just switch around their macronutrients and change their body composition. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure you've done that with your, your <coughs> oh, yeah. personal I clients mean, that's, too. And that's essentially what we do with any, a composition like I mean you get to a yep. certain point where guess what guys I'm not gonna be able to cut you anymore as far as like yeah. calories and I don't want to like there's a certain point where I'm gonna start yep. trying to like either rebuild you so we're gonna work on composition more for at least a while before yeah. we start cutting more weight oh yeah and then we're gonna rearrange your macros based upon that and it all really depends on how you responded to our earlier our earlier uh, numbers and everything yeah, yeah. Like, when we're taking you down like okay if I drop this how do you respond okay they, yeah because eventually you're just sacrific sacrificing nutrition in general. Yeah. But the the important th thing to understand about that is that, so it takes it takes energy to break your food down. You know, like you, you don't just like transport meatloaf to your muscles. You. I fucking wish that'd be dope. That would be amazing. Can you imagine seeing a meatloaf in your fucking abs. That would be. Like <laughs> like a giant I would loaf. definitely <laughs> see a meatloaf in my. Yeah, you know I mean, it'd be like six little meatloaves. Like I got a six pack. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> 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 got meatloaf blocky six little pack. meatloaf but uh dope. oh it's the mini meatloaves too that's Dude, what it'd be like that'd be dope yeah bro check out my eight pack meatloaf <laughs> can you imagine that'd be Any, crazy anyhow um <laughs> so carbohydrates and fats because they're more simple they don't take as much work in the body to break down you know what i mean protein on the other hand is like in order of three times at some points m more costly to break down so if you actually did the percentages of how much it takes just to break down the you know the carbohydrates and the fats out of the same calorie deficit or like same calories so someone's eating 2,000 calories but 10 to 15 percent of it is used to break down their fats and their carbs right yep. versus the 25 to 30 percent it takes to break down your protein all I have to do is up that protein and I've automatically taken the same amount of calories and I made it so that you're spending more of those calories just breaking down the food, thus putting you in a calorie deficit. So two two really great <coughs> reasons right off the bat is that I'm going to, you know, assuage your your higher appetite from being in a calorie deficit, and I'm going to increase your calorie deficit and and raise your metabolic rate at the same time, just from changing, you know, your macronutrient profile. Yeah, I mean. I just forgot where I was going with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the same thing I do. Like, whenever I'm 
cutting someone, you know, I slowly increase their protein as I'm bringing everything else down. Yeah. Usually it's usually I'm bringing down carbs, obviously fats. I try to stick around the same before until I get to a certain point, obviously then I'll start dropping them a little bit and then increasing the protein from there as well. But it all depends. I don't drop people below certain numbers depending on where they're at when we start. Yeah. I usually have a number in my head. I'm like, all right, you're here, here, and I'm not going to drop you below this number. As soon as you plateau at this number, then we're going to go back up for a while and then like restart the downward trend again. Gotcha. Yeah. Higher protein, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize that. And it's a very interesting fact when I explain that to a client and I'm like, Hey, they're like, why am I eating a lot more protein? It's so hard to eat all this protein. Always do all the time. Like it's so hard to eat all this protein. I'm like, like, how do you make it easier? And I'm like, you don't. <clears throat> it's, like you, it's like, eventually it's weird. Like, so I will say this, like even, even you, like you're the one who probably eats more meat than anyone in this house. Thank but, you. but I'm saying like <laughs> you and me have, I, we've been on the same, like uh diet for uh, certain points. And like, yeah. I do not get full on meat. I'll fill you on meat. Dude, I'm about to eat a pound. <laughs> I eat a pound of meat every day for lunch. Yeah. I eat, I'm about to eat another pound of chicken when we're done with this. And I have like meat sticks I have for snacks. Like I bought a bunch of those sriracha chickens. I yeah. eat three of those a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm at like 260 grams of protein or more. And like I'm starving right now. Are you? starving i've been waiting to eat that until mm. we're done with this <laughs> i do i do wonder too because you you spend quite about quite a bit of time in glycolytic exercise too yeah so that's gonna send and, and this is kind of important for most people is that if you spend a lot of time in glycolytic exercise which i should clarify is like an anaerobic type exercise right you're doing a lot of weightlifting. yeah um the intensity is is up quite a bit you're not talking about low and slow cardio you're talking about you know i'm i'm getting in there and i'm getting after it so when you tax your uh, glycogen stores, which glycogen is like your your stored carbohydrate, when you tax them, it makes and your in, muscles look big. Yeah, and in particular when you tax water. them quickly in a in a heavy workout, your hunger signals change. Yeah, right. It's not just what you eat anymore. Now your body's saying, oh, you know, like I just expended a lot of this stored sugar, and my sugar's a little low. So now you're getting a hunger signal that says I need to replenish that. Oh, yeah. Um, I get those like crazy at some point, usually at least yeah. once or twice a week because I've been on uh, – I, I always feel better on low carb. So I've been – I've actually been really low carb during this whole diet since I've been – usually on average it's like 70 to 100 grams. Yeah, which for you is significantly low carb. Yeah, because I was at like 400 or so more. Yeah, well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess <clears> you expend at least 50 to – 50 or more carbs in the in the level of your workouts. Yep. I've been consistently losing about a pound a week yeah. just by increasing my protein and dropping the carbs Good. where they are. Mm-hmm. And then once or twice a week, though, I'll refuel that. Like I had uh, some food. I had some like higher carbs yesterday. Yeah. But I, I lose weight usually now when I eat the carbs. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll feel like more energetic, but mm-hmm. that spike, you know. No, and that's not a bad thing to do. I personally, yeah. um, Wednesday night meal. Yeah, I'm generally that's why is, is a refeed for me Tuesday night this week. I couldn't make it yeah. to today, but yeah. And then uh Saturday, pretty much the whole day. Um, yeah, that's kind I'm of I'm eating good uh, fruit, sweet potatoes, rice, 
sometimes donuts. <laughs> Dude, I go, but I usually have something catered in on Saturdays do you? for my breakfast. Yeah. Recently, like Jimmy John's or something. Like oh, yeah. That. <laughs> or but, Grub Hubbed in. <laughs> yeah. And, there, and there's good reason for that, um, which we could probably do in another. Actually, we, we can just call it right now the next nutrition podcast. We can talk about carb refeeds yeah. um, in a low carb context. But on, on the protein side, even on my refeed days, I am prioritizing protein. Oh, yeah. Still. 100%. And I still make sure I hit the same number where I'm at least yep. over. My thing is I will always make sure I'm over 200 no matter what, even yeah. on those days. Absolutely. And there's that's that's kind of like the third reason. So number one, appetite. Number two, increasing the thermic effect of food. So getting your bang for your buck, you know, from your calorie and your calorie deficits. Everyone knows I get my bang. Um, and then, yeah, you probably got bang, bro. <laughs> but uh, or, the or number bang. three reason is that, I mean, this is what, your engine is made out of and your engine is your muscle tissue, you know? So if you're working out super hard, you're working at like a high level, you absolutely, especially in a calorie deficit, absolutely want to protect your muscle mass as much as you can. Yep. You want to build that engine. And this is something that's honestly true for the people that come to me. that are a little soft, a little round, um, or if they're, they're definitely obese, you know, I'm finding a lot of them a lot of the time, really aren't overeating in the amounts that you would think not even close oh yeah um a lot of them are very tired they put on this fat their body's holding on to the fat they were in this cycle of inflammation and stress and and lethargy and you know etc uh and if i can do anything if i just raise their calories specifically in protein and i've got clients right now doing this yeah specifically in protein almost all of them come back to me and say a, it's hard to eat all this protein. I'm struggling. <laughs> like food is becoming a chore. And I'm like, it's going to be like that a little bit, a little bit, you know, like I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to easy in because the vast majority of people I can, I can hand them a whole like, Hey, if you do everything right here, you're going to succeed and they're not going to be able to do it. So if I can give them one thing and say, Hey, I want you to add a protein source at breakfast. Cause almost all the time it's some bready yeah. muffin or something like that. I got a bagel. I want you to times <laughs> 1.5 to times two the protein at lunch. And I want you to at least add more protein in dinner, right? If I can prioritize protein at all three meals or however, however much they have through the day, or at least get it in a snack if they can't double protein at, at lunch, you know, which is asking for like a double chicken salad at Panera or whatever. Um, and I'm specifically referencing a client there. But uh, if they can't or if they can do that, they're already going to see results and they're going to come back to life. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And and that's because you're getting that engine running again. In <coughs> part, it's because your engine running. The next thing we're going to talk about is neurotransmitters, and I'll explain that too. <laughs> but I, I, I'm like biting at the bit to talk about that part. But once you get that engine running again <coughs> and fire it up, I mean, then everything starts to fall into place because now your metabolism wants to work for you. It wants to work in the direction of fat loss and better body composition. It was requiring those good nutrients that good fuel that you weren't giving it you know what i mean yeah yeah that's as you know, go into my personal experience obviously is you know i'm i'm like 22 or 23 pounds down now i think at this point i'm like 178 yeah. 177 something like that nice and uh i mean all my numbers have pretty much stayed consistent as far as lifting like mm-hmm. i haven't really gained it i've gained on my deadlift actually surprisingly nice. which is weird but uh my squat stayed the same my bench stayed the same yeah cleans uh i haven't done a snatch in a long time like a heavy snatch so sorry (laughs) (laughs) heavy snatching but uh 
I mean, just because I'm not competing or anything, so I don't need to worry about it in shoulder health. Yeah. I mean, I do light ones just for fun. But, and it's, it's not a typical bodybuilding kind of move. And yeah. Not bodybuilder bodybuilding, but, yeah. you know, yeah, but it's a I skilled mean, movement. It's not necessarily a, a build muscle <clears throat> sort of movement. The only thing I've done, like we said, is, you know, up to my protein. My yeah, my programming stayed exactly the same. I'm still doing brute. Yep. Like, I haven't changed, like, you know, doing anything. Like, I'm not jogging for miles. I'm doing sprints, which is part of brute program anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, every now and then I'll throw in, like, a, a low, low and slow, like, cardio. Yeah. But even that, I've let off just because I'm in, like, I'm low on calories, you know. So I'm yeah. like, all right, well, I don't need to do that anymore. So. Yep. And a, and a calorie <laughs> deficit is still going to be a significant stressor. Yeah. It's just part of the game, you know, like. And I'll say, like, as far as the calorie deficit goes, I'm not in a low one either. I'm only, I'm only, I'm at 2,200, so. Oh, yeah. You're 700 calories more than me. Yeah, more than you are. So <laughs> Which like, I don't recommend you guys be on what I'm doing. But, but. I mean, for me, I was at, like, 3,500, 3,600 calories, yeah. so that's a significant cut. It's 1,400 calories. But that was, I built down to that 22, too. It wasn't like I was just, like, one day, yeah. let me go down to 22,000 calories. No, no, no. Understandable. <clears throat> but. Yeah, I mean, because you're preserving your engine. You're trying yeah. to preserve as much lean mass as you can. And there's study after study after study that shows that when you increase, and I'm not talking about 0.8 anymore. I'm talking about like 1.5. Oh, yeah. You know, grams, uh, all the way up to, to 2 grams. <laughs> we were just reading this study, actually. It's funny. Yeah, uh, one that it kind of was a com- <laughs> compilation of, of many stuff, many different oh, yeah. studies, too. It's very interesting, yep. very scientific, so boring as hell but, but uh and and it's i mean it's kind of been the rule for a long time anyway one i mean that's been like the the iron gym lore was one to two grams yeah per, per pound of body fat yeah the bro science of it all yep um turns out bro science was pretty correct on that and there's yeah. you know there's some things where yes it's bro science but also you're talking about you know this is coming from a culture of people i was about to say it's like i found <laughs> more people that share studies that aren't healthy <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Versus the people that share bro science that are clearly doing something right. Um, that doesn't make me a proponent of bro science and anti-science. Well, I was going to say, I feel like bro science gets a bad name just because it is like well, muscle bound people. bro science, it's yeah. not exactly yeah, But I mean, I'm more wondering what the hell you're talking about when you say bro science. Well, we know because we're in the field. But bro- my thing is, I know plenty of doctors who have doctorates yeah. that like people call their bro science. I'm like, dude, this guy is a fucking doctor in this field. He knows exactly what he's talking about down yeah, to well, the molecule. Your doctor also looks like he scoops mayonnaise into his mouth. So yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so uh, bro, <laughs> bro science Al is basically all the things you hear from bodybuilders that are like, Oh, well I just drink egg whites and I eat cauliflower raw and I shine sunlight on my butthole. That's probably not bro science. That's more, <laughs> that's more goop.com science. I think uh red lights to bro science thing right now. Yeah. Red light. Yeah. That was the big thing. Now I definitely like, can't go on a tangent on this one. Let's say that for another <laughs> yeah. podcast. Cause I know there's plenty of good things. I'm just saying it started light. off as bro science, but now there's plenty of scientific oh, evidence okay, to back yeah. it. Yeah. I was going to say, because you, I mean, you know this. I helped open a cryotherapy center yeah, that had I'm, red light. I know. Everything. Yeah. I, like I said, most of the stuff starts off as bro science, and then they get scientific facts to back it, and then we're yeah. like, oh, shit. Well. Yeah. And there's certainly <laughs> just as many well, wow. things that are in the cemetery of bro science that were failures, but. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let's go ahead and say um, you can't gain muscle on a ketogenic diet. Yeah. That's been disproven at this point by a long shot. There's still people like in precision nutrition that, that say stuff like that. Not true. No. I not mean, true. I'd say it's not obviously the best way to do it, but I mean. Maybe not. 
Um, it all depends on what your goal is. Like, if you want to stay lean while putting on muscle, if, it'll be slower. Well, we can sure. bring this back to protein. Yeah. If you consume enough protein, you might have a ridiculous amount of muscle because protein can still be insulinogenic, right? Yeah. Can still produce insulin, which is kind of the hope with carbohydrate, is that you know you're going to produce in- insulin, you're going to shuttle nutrients. Um, you know, you can produce sugar, so to speak, glycogen from protein. That's an important part of protein, actually. Are you talking about like candied bacon? No. <laughs> yes, candied bacon that is made in your liver <laughs> <laughs> through through a there's something called gluconeogenesis, uh, and this yep. basically means gluco glucose, right? Sugar. Yep. Neo new genesis creation. So you're creating new glucose out of protein. But the interesting thing about this, and this is especially true for ketogenic diets and and high protein ketogenic diets is that this is the ag- actual process that protects <coughs> your muscles because you actually do replenish some glycogen, but it's from protein sources. And it's not like when you eat a donut and your insulin just spikes through the roof. Yeah. A delicious, delicious donut. Uh, it's a lot different than that. Your body's really good about the rate in which it, it turns that protein into, um, into glucose. So your insulin's never spiking at huge amounts and you're never, you're never shutting off the ability to burn fat which is kind of the problem when you've got high insulin levels, oh, right? Yeah. So you shut the door to your fat cells. The best um, athletes are able to at least the door switch out. back and forth between burning carp, like CrossFitters, for instance, like those yeah. lean motherfuckers you see, they usually yeah. are adaptive to both fat and cal- and carbs. Yeah, so they're, they're, they they're go back good, and forth as good uh, fat oxidizers. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's another great thing about high-protein diets is that it actually – protects your lean mass like you know you you recognize that it protects your lean mass and your in your strength gains i mean that's, that's kind of how it does it that's what i'm using it yep. for so but that same process um in a in a high calorie setting like a, in a ketogenic high protein um which i know like the keto kevins out there will be like oh it's not keto if it's high protein you're wrong and i'm not going to debate you when you're not here but if you want to debate let's do it well the whole point <laughs> of keto is that you produce ketones and all that stuff for energy. Yes and no. So it's it's not an idea of like. But I'm saying you shouldn't be going for like oh you know I'm more ketogenic because my ketones no. are higher. No, that's what I'm saying is like yeah. if that's still what you're using as like a a main source of energy, you're in ketosis. Yeah. Um, and they're saying like it's protein. the the absence of carbohydrate, not yeah. the not the presence of insulin is a yeah. better way to put it. Um. So that's that's kind of one thing to look at. But uh, again, I won't go into that too much. One day we can cover it. It'll be a lot of fun. Because I, I fell for it for years. I really did. I was I was a keto Kevin hard <coughs> um, until like the last two and a half years. I was like, oh, nope. The science doesn't really bear this out. But anyhow, um, so that's, that's another thing is it's going to protect your lean mass. So appetite, thermic effect food, your lean mass, and now my favorite thing ever. Your neurotransmitters. Mm, talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> talk nerdy to me. So uh, uh, your neurotransmitters are are basically made See, from amino acids. And amino acids are like the composite pieces of a protein, right? Those amino acids. <laughs> what? Those mean old acids. Mean old acids. Yeah. Me- <laughs> Imagine if I did the whole podcast calling them mean old acids. <laughs> 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 So <laughs> when you're in a calorie deficit, right, most people have been on a calorie deficit and they're like, oh, I'm eating 900 calories or 1100 calories, you know, something yeah. super, super low. Oh, what are you eating it with? Like, oh, well, I had 
you know, like a big cup of rice and like half a chicken breast. I had breast. one Quest pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, like I'm just sitting there listening. <laughs> uh, Are we referencing this guy here? Yeah. But, uh, I just did that like, yeah. earlier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all you've eaten all day too, isn't it? It is. Today Fuck. wasn't a good day. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was saying it earlier. It wasn't time. because that was all you had. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't because you were having a Quest pizza because I knew that was all you had today. Yeah. <laughs> so... When you're eating at the deficit and you're not eating enough protein, you're not getting enough amino acids and your body's not going to catabolize them from your own muscle tissue fast <laughs> enough to replenish neurotransmitters. And this is where you find people that are just riddled with anxiety and depression on a calorie deficit. And they feel fucking awful. And when you feel awful, you're obviously not going to stick to a diet. Not to mention you might develop mental health issues like seri- or, or trigger serious me- mental health issues. So that is a huge part, an absolutely huge part of when, you know, why you'd want to prioritize protein because you want to be able to support your mental state when you're in a calorie deficit. I mean, why would you want to both be, okay, I'm kind of hungry and my body knows that I'm stressing out. Your stress levels are just going to be a little bit higher on a calorie deficit, especially when you haven't eaten like you're going to be a little hangry. Anthony and I have ran into each other both at the same time, both being hangry. Yeah. And and we recognized it, you know, because we just know this is this is a life we live, you know. We need that one of us. We can only have one of us in a cut phase and one in a bulk phase at any given time. We'll be each other's emotional support bros. Well, I'm about to go on to uh in the next few weeks probably into a just maintenance, so nice. Are you going to reverse diet? We should talk about reverse dieting too. Not anyway, today, but yeah, yeah, but um, <coughs> so so that's a big part of um, why it's important to prioritize protein, especially if you're in a deep calorie deficit, um, which you know not hugely our recommendation, but if you are, you need to monitor that, and it's really easy to show why this is the case. If you look at most fat burners, you're gonna find something called 5-HTP or tryptophan in it. And these are precursors to serotonin, which is your happy chemical. These things will blunt your appetite. And the reason you have an appetite that's so huge on a big calorie deficit that's low in protein is because your body is craving those amino acids. It wants those things. So if you feed it those amino acids, and I'm not saying this is a hack that you should try to continue malnourishing yourself. I'm just saying it's a fact that if I give somebody tryptophan, I'm going to improve their mood if... In fact, the issue is a tryptophan deficiency from a huge calorie deficit. I'm going to make it easier for them. But that's not going to solve, you know, the, the catabolizing muscle. That's not going to uh, solve <coughs> helping you with like a thermic effect of food. It's not going to, you know, help your appetite totally. It's just going to help your mood a little bit. What better way than actually just prioritizing more protein, continuing yeah. yourself in a deficit, etc. So those are kind of my big four things when it comes to uh protein oh yeah you know even if you're not in a calorie deficit um you know a body recomposition i know that i told you guys here starting in april i was starting to lose weight i lost like almost 19 pounds now it's a little more slow going for me um i'm not a usual person to lose a ton of weight in general that being said i've lost like we said it's also intensities yeah it's intensities and i and i i don't train at the (laughs) intensity that anthony trains there's no question about that um that's what i was saying yep i like Uh, to get in there and go ham oh yeah and you're you're like a five day a week ham guy yep 
And I'm like a two days a week, I'm going to do my hit workouts and then I'm going to do some slow heavy lifting and then I'm going to do some long endurance stuff and just mix it up. And that's, yep. you know, that's just who we are. Yep. But where was I going with that? Um, on the, on the deficit side, even on that, even when I've hit, I'm on, I'm probably in a second plateau now after losing a few more pounds. Um, even in hitting that plateau, I did my measurements here in the last week. I'm like, I've put two and a half inches on my chest and I've lost two and a half inches. So I'm, I'm up an inch on my chest and down another inch on my waist to put inches on my chest, especially like that is, is significant. It's a significant indicator that I'm building muscle. I can almost fully attribute that on a 16 to 1900 calorie death or uh, diet, which is almost an 1100 calorie deficit for me for maintenance, mm-hmm. depending on, on the day. Um, on a hit day, it is for sure. It's probably closer to 900 on a, on just a chill lifting day. Um, I mean, that's significant to put on that oh, yeah. amount of muscle. Now this is over a good amount of time, but yeah, I mean, the other thing yeah. is we've been smart, obviously in our cuts cause we've been using everything we know, which is why it's been slow. I know plenty of people have lost more weight than us, but then they put it back on as no issue. You know? Yeah. And they probably lose quite a bit in muscle mass too. Oh yeah. I'm you sure. know, yeah, so I've soft and squishy. I've done that before. Yeah. Um, almost all my lifts have <laughs> gone up at least a little bit. Yep. Um, I, I'm not huge on maxes personally. It's just not what I do. Uh, my muscle endurance has gone up significantly cause that's what I've been training on the monk side, uh, which is the more of the monk sort of, sort of tempo, you know, is we're a lot more muscle endurance, um, pretty rep heavy in general, but I mean, that's significant and it's almost a complete factor because I'm eating, you know, one point six grams or something like that per pound of body fat 1.5 grams per pound of body fat the the i'm almost at 50 percent of my i'm I'm pretty much the same right now too yeah so 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 to put on that amount of muscle you know it's that's called a recomposition if i'm not losing body fat right now i'm i'm almost completely putting it into muscle tissue you know Mm -hmm. um you know, it's, it's the king macronutrient, and I know that it really does sit in that bro science area, and it's got this bad rap. And everybody says, you know, oh, well, the biggest experts in the world say that, uh, you know, I only need this 0.36 pounds or 0.8 per kilogram. But, you know, you got to remember their motivations. Like, our motivations, Coach Anthony and myself, our motivations are to get you in the, the most optimal physique and optimal performing body that you want. The motivations of people like the World Health Organization and, and who I've got a few bones to pick with, but nonetheless, we both do, which is why I brought them up. <laughs> yeah, um, I've I've got a few bones to pick with them, but nonetheless, um, you know what they do is important, and it's preventing health crises, it's solving stuff like hunger and and uh, you know widespread diseases and whatnot. Their concern is not our concern. Their intents are not our intents. You know, they want to solve these problems enough that people can survive, get by, and, and <coughs> and do what they need to do. Our our concern is definitely like what is the optimal? What is going to make you perform at your best? What is going to give you the best results? So, you have to take information in that context. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think uh I mean, we can go on protein, I mean, we can go down the rabbit hole and be yeah. talking for hours. I think really. we've got it pretty good. Yeah, this is just like a summary of like the sexy parts of the protein. Yep. There's a lot of parts that don't really concern most people like about what it does in your body, like at a yeah. cellular level, like building everything in your body down, breaking stuff down. Like, I don't know if most people know that it breaks down toxins in your body too. And all this other stuff. Like protein does something some, new to me. Yeah. Protein does a lot of amazing stuff in your body. That yeah. 
if you do some deep research on it, you, you'll yeah. notice. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's even like a <coughs> signal in your body. Yeah. You know, for enzymes, it's building blocks of DNA. It's building yeah. blocks of everything. Just pretty much everything your body does requires at least some protein. So. Yep, absolutely. Um, that's the main four hitters. And you cannot produce it on your own. Nope. Um, everyone, almost everyone I've ever came to as far as nutrition always is under eating on protein. So oh, that's yeah. always the first thing. So I'd well, say protein's not always naturally delicious. <coughs> yeah. It's your sauces. It's your yeah. carbohydrates. It's your buttering everything. I'll say I do enjoy a juicy piece of meat though. Uh, I enjoy <laughs> a juicy piece of beef. Yeah. I eat chicken every day, usually a pound or more. Yeah, I don't so. like chicken. I eat about I'm about to eat a pound of chicken, but I had a pound of beef earlier. Yep. I don't like I just But don't. you also I guess you also like six seven hundred calories less than me right yeah. now so you can't afford it <laughs> yeah uh, I'll, I'll eat chicken i obviously do every day but i'm just like see, never I, th- I crave it zero percent it just has the right macros I for th- me i think that's the different i think you get like your fats in a lot of different ways and i just get my fats strictly from beef so i just i get my fats for mostly from beef or, or fatty okay. pork cuts yeah that's what i mean like yep. even my pork usually i buy it's like lean so it's like Eggs and butter. I mean, I eat about six eggs a day. Well, so. I mean, I don't have any eggs. Do you need some eggs? Huh? I mean, I'll eat eggs. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I'll eat eggs. I just I don't really eat them eggs. If you haven't guessed yet, Coach Anthony and I live together with Coach Alex. Or Mr. Alex. Coach. We'll call you Coach <laughs> Alex. Whatever. We'll call you Amateur Coach Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do talk to a lot of people Am that... Alex. Uh, aren't in Alex Max. in the know. I yeah. tell them a lot of stuff that I've learned over my time with you guys, or just you know in general yeah. from having discussions with you. So I mean, I know quite a bit, but I definitely don't have like the in-depth training and understanding on that stuff. Gotcha. Anyway, guys, this is it. Protein. Okay. Eat it. Drink it. What else we got? Suck um, it out of people. Snorted. Next oh, week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whey protein is is best taken intranasally. No. Um, next week we will have a podcast with, if you remember our podcast talking about tactical pistol and tactical rifle training. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Do we have some guest speakers for you? Two um, tactical motherfuckers. Chris and Ryan from ghost tactician at ghost underscore desk tactician. Um, I believe it is. Yeah. I think it's their, yeah. For Instagram, their Instagram tag. Uh, they're going to be coming by and we're going to talk everything. Tactical fitness. We'll get some stories on their experience. Um, you know, downrange from them and, and you know what it takes to, to be a tactical athlete or, or just an individual who wants to be fit in a functional (coughs) way that is about protecting your life and the lives of people that you care about and love. And both these guys are, if you haven't guessed, are former or current service members. Yeah. So one one's for sure current. The other one, I think, is re-upping. Yeah. Which is I don't to say, know. I think yeah, he's Chris, re-enlisting. I, I don't can't know. Remember. I th- knew the other guy that we were there. The other guy might be re-enlisting. The other partial, the medic guy, I know he's re-enlisting. Okay. Chris, I'm not sure. Uh, so I didn't get to talk to him a whole lot, so I'm not sure if he's yeah, still he listed or not. Yeah, because he was just day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll find out. Uh, that will definitely be a question we ask. But but two both, yeah, both these guys have been downrange. They they're they're uh, good solid dudes, and um, we're just gonna pick their and brains and, and ask and them questions. And it'll be funny, I promise you, because oh, because we're one probably, of the first. We're gonna be a few beers in. Because one of my, <laughs> I already told him we were gonna be. One of my few interactions with uh, Ryan was he told me he was gonna bite my dick off. So. 
<laughs> yeah. That's a... Uh, and uh, I remember it too. He's like, day. don't fight me because I'll straight up bite like, your dick like, off. Yeah, what he told me is like, you might be stronger, but I'll bite your dick off. Yep. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, He'll go directly for it too. I know. He's trained to bite dicks. He's <laughs> dick biting. Tra- so we're going to learn all about that training too. Yep. <laughs> That'll be covered. Question, question number one. I'm gonna Where did you learn to bite dicks? I'm going to apprentice under his dick biting tutelage. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to leave though. Cause we're obviously getting pretty loopy. <laughs> yeah. We're a little, we're a little, little tired uh, today, but uh, if you have questions, coach Adam at the coach Anthony at the sign up for our social media page campaigns. Dot the Sign up for our programming. Sign it's cheap. Our, yep. It's great. Sign up for and it's on True Coach now. So we are on True Coach. You will have all our training in your pocket delivered to you. Um, and then join our Facebook group too, Gamified Fitness. I think that's all of our plugs. Plug us oh yourselves as well <laughs> it's on your on your social medias. <laughs> yeah, plug us. Tag us. <laughs> there on your you social go. Media tag as well. us is better. Hashtag. Yeah. PDF. Anthony in particular likes being plugged. So. I do. (laughs) Anyway, goodbye. Bye, folks. Love you. Bye.